The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Welcome to a Wednesday off-season edition of Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Haley Sutton, Jess Navarez, and I don't know who this is sitting across from me, but can we talk about a baddie with a... Total makeover. What's up, Aisha? Can you please not make a scene? Oh, I can't help it, girl. Can't you're looking all fire. Yeah, make a scene. Please. Own it. Make the scene. Please. No, it was just time for a change. If you guys don't know me, I am a um, household uh, baldy locks and... I couldn't do all that hair for that much longer, so here we are. You look amazing. Thank look you. Very ladies. good. We love it. We love a lady who embraces naturality and yes. a bald head. I mm. wish I could be that brave, but mm. I'm not. Um, but Aisha, not the only one making changes. Obviously, the Cowboys have been hard at work. Oh, beautiful like segment. That. Did oh you like that? Gosh, Haley. Haley. We need to start doing the show on Wednesdays that was amazing. <laughs> I loved the, Oh, my goodness. Smooth. It, it, smooth. It has been such a busy couple of weeks for this organization, for this front office. Uh, one of the things we talked about, Aisha, when we were at the Combine and when we spoke with uh, Shireen, she said that this season and the would be kind of defined by what they do in free agency. And I've, I have not forgot that since she mentioned that because I was like, you're right. You know, we've done a lot, you know, in years past, but it's the free agency. I think that's really kind of been the hang up. And we went from kind of tapping on our watch like that Judge Judy gif uh, <laughs> to now it's like we're all over the place with signing. So a lot has changed. We're going to talk offense first and then we'll segue into defense um, obviously, though, the with Ezekiel Elliott leaving last week, that left space for a new running back to come in. Uh, we had a little bit of a surprise yesterday with Ronald Jones signing. He wanted to be the one that broke the story, actually, but I think he took a little bit too long to get it on social. But nonetheless, uh, Ronald Jones, running back who has spent time at USC, or that's where he went to college, uh, but he spent time with the Bucks, and he was just recently with the Kansas City Chiefs on a one-year deal. He now joins the Cowboys and teams up with Tony Pollard. Uh, what kind of signing does this do for the Cowboys running back room? So for me, it's kind of, to me, with what he brings and how he plays the game, he has some burst. He has the, he mentioned in his interview with you just the change of change of speed and being able, he has, I say he has a quick turnover, so mm-hmm. his legs move fast, but um, he has a little bit of power to him. I, I think this also keeps that running back room honest. Um, one thing we've seen about the McCarthy regime is that they're big on competition. So when you start looking at training camp and preseason games and guys like that, like you want you want to have bodies in that room. But also too, with the loss of Ezekiel Elliott, you bring an, another guy that's a little bit has that physical element to him a little bit. Um, I also. I don't know, just I can't believe that Ronald Jones is like, I feel like he's it's been real quiet from him. Like I was just I was sitting there, I was like, he said another championship. Well he said bring a chip to Dallas. I was like, oh for God, he's a champion. Like, yeah. yeah. And to be fair, I also I didn't forget, but I 
did forget in that moment yeah. that he has two Super Bowl championships, right. and that's such an important aspect when you think about bringing in guys. You know, we talk about the veteran leadership that a lot of these, Absolutely. you know, experienced guys bring, but what you don't think about is having a championship mentality. And so now you've got a two-time Super Bowl champion, Jones. You've got a Super Bowl champion, former Defensive Player of the Year in Stephon Gilmore, and now you're bringing in a Brandon Cooks, who we'll get to in a minute. But I love that you point that out because that is such an important aspect that I think free agency in the past for this team has really lacked. Yeah, he's and also too what he's going to do is going to allow Tony to get some some breaks like he, you know just to to like a relief pitcher is that as I, I you know I don't really do the baseball like that but like yeah. <laughs> I don't either. And You're asking the wrong person. Well, my bad. <laughs> what did you say? A relief pitcher. A relief pitcher. pitcher. Ain't that oh, yeah, what yeah. it is? Yeah. 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 So he's he to me he's Come in be, like Sixth, seventh inning, depending on how well the starter's pitching. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he'll come in, he'll play some downs, he'll take some of the stress off of Tony Pollard. And also, too, more importantly, the, as we'll, we'll discuss, this allows the Cowboys Cowboys to not be pigeon-held at, we got to draft a receiver super, yeah. I mean, a, a running back super early. It's a lot in this draft. <laughs> and I think more than anything, it intacts that one-two punch to continue to be a threat for the Cowboys offense because we saw the success that it had last season when you're not wearing down your running back's body by putting all of the snaps in his hands and so when you can protect the longevity of a player's health and really ensure that Tony Pollard stays healthy Rojo's going to stay healthy Rico Dowdle maybe we have a one two three punch actually you, you, yeah <laughs> you could see that too I mean you even have Malik Davis still in the mix so uh, as far as the competition it's it's gonna light a little little fire there to see who wants that one-two punch starting position. Yeah, and you think about, too, even the layers that go into the draft and what you're going to bring into. We've talked so many times about the talent that this draft class uh, really has from the running back position, so it'll definitely be easy, uh, or it'll definitely be fun to see kind of how that running back room kind of sets up what I think is interesting about this is you know we kind of knew going in that Tony Pollard was going to be the starter this year but to me it makes me feel like this is going to be Tony Pollard's season if that makes sure. sense yeah. you know like we, we've seen what he's done on the field uh, he's not incredibly vocal which is fine because some of the best leaders aren't always vocal um, but I really think that this gives him an opportunity to really kind of step up uh, to take over the reins that Zeke left behind and now you're factoring in another guy who again has that Super Bowl experience has a good personality and when I was talking to his uh, or talking to Ronald's mom and uncle off to the side while he was doing some stuff with our social media team one of the things that his uncle pointed out was this is a really unique opportunity for him because not only is he back home he graduated from McKinney North High School and spent most of his time growing up here in the Dallas area so you have a guy who already has a fan base, so to speak. He's relatable because he's from here. He's kind of gone up and down through uh, the NFL roller coaster, if you will. And he's going to have an immediate impact. You know what I mean? Like, it, And it's, it's difficult because a lot of times when you bring these guys in, you know, even from a draft standpoint, you don't know what their impact is going to be. You're kind of banking on them having training camp to give them that opportunity to show what they can do. I think with the free agency signings this year, because of who's left, it really gives these players an opportunity to come in and make a big impact and also kind of carve out a name for themselves too. And that's kind of the vibe that I got from uh, Ronald yesterday. Yeah, and I loved that we would use that analogy of the thunder and the lightning with Zeke and Tony because you look at Tony being a silent leader, that's more like lightning because that doesn't make mm -hmm. any noise. And then you had the thunder with Zeke who was a more vocal leader in the locker room. So I I think you need to keep that balance because it's very important to be able to keep that leadership and that balance and somebody like Rojo I mean that that 
statute of winning a championship and multiple at that, that is going to hold value and power within that locker room because those guys in there, they're hungry. They want it. Every single guy in that locker room wants to end the drought in Dallas. And so I think that's important. And uh, I'm excited to see Tony Pollard step up into this new role and not so much be in Zeke's shadow. Not that he was, but, you know, when he was on his up and up, it was yeah. it was mostly, oh, Tony Pollard's coming? Oh, oh, what is this we're seeing? And people were kind of questioning, um, you know, how much of a role he would have. And then the last couple of seasons, you saw him really step into that. And so I'm excited to see him really take over that running back position, not with Zeke. And it's still, yes, we know it's emotional not to have Zeke, but I'm excited for the opportunity that it presents Tony Pollard and to be that leader and to take on that role. And so Let's get it. Yeah, let's yeah, get it. We asked for like for Tony Pollard in particular. Um, watching him come out of college, he ran behind like a lot of guys. I think he was like the third running back in Memphis, and as, as talented as he was. Mm -hmm. And so this will be, if I'm not mistaken, this is his opportunity to be a starter. This is, I think, this will be one of his first times being a starter um, in his latter part of his career. So just getting to see him in this capacity, Cowboys fans have been asking. See him on the field more. I want to see him on the field more snaps. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Listen, it's about to happen. <laughs> you about to get what you asked Congratulations. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm also very, very excited for Tony Pollard to show that he can be every down back, that he is capable. I think he's gotten labeled as, like, this scat back, but he showed plenty of time last season he's not afraid to dip his shoulder. He's not afraid to be physical if he needs to be, and that he can take some he can take some work. And you saw the impact of not having Tony Pollard oh, in the San Francisco game. So, <laughs> And Jerry even said at the Combine, he said, you know, not Dang, that Jess. one player <laughs> makes, you know, that much of a difference, and, and they shouldn't. Everybody should be able to step up, and you shouldn't see a drop-off, essentially, but, you know, we, we all saw what happened in that second quarter after he was out. And it, it feels like he's he became, I think it was solidified, he was the heart of your offense when it comes to keeping everything together and keeping the scheme and the game plan raveled, if you will. Malik Davis is still here, yes? Yep. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah, you get versatility you in your running back. Go draft a guy if you want. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not so much worried about the run game. And I think, too, when you factor in you know, a new OC who has experience being here, he's seen what Kellen was able to do or not do with that run game. And then you've got a Mike McCarthy who's committed to using the run more often. I think this, like I said, this fares very well, not only for Tony, but for Ronald as well. And then you add in the wide receiver that we have been quietly talking about and not so talking about for the last couple um, of months now. Brandon Cooks, finally a Dallas Cowboy. And I loved when um, Nick Eatman did the uh, did the email, did the interview with him uh, last week. He literally said, you know, I'm like, I didn't mean to laugh what that hard. The email was funny. <laughs> um, yeah, weird. Uh, but anyways, when he did the interview with Brandon, he said, you know, like, this is kind of something that has maybe been in the works, you know, kind of just teasing it. And you could just see Brandon's face kind of light up a little bit. So it's exciting to be here. And the the reoccurring theme with all of these free agents that I've loved uh, is that they either have a past being a Cowboys fan or they have a tie to the Cowboys or 
everybody wants to play for the Cowboys. And that's kind of been exactly, you know, what Stefan Gilmore told us last week. Uh, it's what Brandon said in his interview. Uh, Ronald even yesterday mentioning that he was a former Cowboys fan. His mom showed me a cute little picture of him, like in a little Cowboys hat um, growing up. So just the ties that this organization has to these players who, you know, I mean, when you think about playing for the Texans, it's a, it's a rivalry, if you will, you know, anytime you're facing off against an in-state opponent. Um, but something that I saw on Twitter whenever I posted that we were doing our show today, I asked people, you know, what are some thoughts that you have about this free agency and what are some things you've liked? What are some things you don't like? Someone pointed out that they are still a little bit frustrated that there hasn't been any OBJ or DeAndre Hopkins signings yet. And so I was thinking about this on the drive here uh, because obviously I still wouldn't mind having, you know, another addition to that wide receiver room because to your point, you can never have too much talent, right? But I was trying to think, you know, what does Brandon offer that maybe those two don't? And what does Brandon maybe need that those two offer? So, Aisha, I kind of want to defer to you because you're our resident film expert. When you look at Brandon Cooks and you look at his body of work, he's bounced around the league for several years, uh, but he's got good experience. He's got six 1,000-yard receiving seasons. When you look at Brandon Cooks' body of work, are, are you happy with that are you happy with not having an obj and a deandre because you have brandon or where does he kind of stack up when you're looking at those other free agents okay so with brandon i i think that you're getting obviously you're getting a versatile player but you talked about him being a veteran him being experienced he knows where he's supposed to be on the field he's gonna i think he's very qb friendly with how he fights back to the ball but i he also has something that the nfl is definitely looking for constantly and that's speed and not only does he have speed he knows how to use that speed in his route running in how he separates and that's something that we talked about so much last season was the lack of separation that you had in this um in this receiving room i think that he brings um, an, an underneath guy, just kind of similar to what, how we were talking about T.Y., but he just has an explosiveness to him that can't be replicated. And some guys can do it on, like, in their 40 and all this stuff, but this guy can do it on tape. We've been looking for someone to take the top off, and he can do that. Now, Odell can do that as well. I think Odell's shifty as well, but then when you factor in, okay, well, Odell's coming off of ACLs. Brandon Cooks does not have a extensive history of injury. He definitely has a durability in his game, and that is why he's been traded. That's why he's been traded, because when he goes to teams, he's productive, he's there, he's vocal, and I have did some digging, too, just like as far as the character and stuff like that, because a lot of people are like, well, why is he always getting traded? What's what's wrong with him? And and then obviously it, how things ended in Houston and whatever. So it's like this guy is also healthy for your locker room. And I think that's important. Not only is he healthy for the team, he's healthy for the locker room. And so we've talked about that numerous times. I think that played a huge factor in him coming here. Now with DeAndre Hopkins, I think D-Hop D can still ball. I think he's still the dude. But he does strike you as more of the um, – possession like receiver he's not he's not going to can he get separation yeah is he going to separate greatly absolutely not that's not his game he's contested ball 50 50 guy like he's going to catch everything that you throw at him but um, with this offense and what they're trying to go to I think with Mike McCarthy and the um, quick bubble screens and quick quick game type stuff 
he fits this. And so I think that Brandon Cooks is a very good fit for what they're trying to do offensively and what you're looking to add to this to this wide receiver core that already has some 50-50 guys, already has some guys that can win one-on-one in some areas. You wanted to add a guy that could kind of do a little bit of everything, and that's this dude right here. I like him. I like Brandon Cooks a lot. And don't get it twisted either. Just because of his last season <laughs> stats, it doesn't make him a bad receiver. Keep in mind he was playing for the Texans Texans and the only time the Texans really showed up last season was to play the Cowboys that was their Super Bowl we had talked about it they treated it as such and so what I really liked when I was looking into Brandon Cooks is you know sometimes things in this business of the NFL don't just turn out like they go to their first team and that's where they stay sometimes they have a little bit of a journey and I think for Brandon Cooks I respect that he's been traded and he's been to different places because that gives him more of a versatile mindset mm -hmm. to be able to work under different offensive schemes and learn That's how to point. adjust. That is a good point. And I really, I, I appreciate that out of him. And you know what? If he wanted to play in Dallas, he's going to play harder playing here. He saw what it would be like in that Texans game to play in Dallas. I mean, I'm telling you, they were preparing with everything they had for that game. And so, you know, I'm really excited to see what he's going to bring. And not only that, but we talk about the veteran leadership non-stop and that was something that I think um, I was texting you guys in the in the pregame notes that we do about this but I think bringing in these veterans early on is going to make a longer impact because what we saw last season was yes the veteran leadership was brought in but a little bit later in the season so I'm excited to see him be able to work with the receiver room through training camp through you know OTAs all, all of the things because now you get that extra time and you get that time with veterans that have been in different places that know how to give you good advice and you get to absorb that even more like a sponge so even veterans on the Cowboys team now, Michael Gallup can learn some things. You can see, uh, you know, the younger guys, Jalen Tolbert, Semi Fioco, sure. which is a name you don't really hear much of anymore. You're allowing these guys, even Kevontae Turpin, if he wants more of an offensive role, which he said he has this offseason. Um, you're allowing those guys more time to be better with a guy like this in training camp, not just during the season's hustle. You mentioned a really good point. I'm sorry, Haley, before you go. I, um, you mentioned that Brandon Cooks has been through, you know, going to other teams and being traded away. I really do think it's important that the Cowboys were looking at him last season and were mm -hmm. trying to pursue him last season. Say what you want to say, but there's something about feeling wanted mm -hmm. somewhere, right? Or feeling, like, or feeling like, hey, <laughs> anything in life. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm coming in to play. The, his role here has kind of, I think we have a good idea. Like this is, he's intended to be this number two receiver. Number one, that's going to take some stress off of CeeDee Lamb. It's going to take some stress off him always having to be the number one guy. And if he's getting the, the second corner, he's probably excited mm -hmm. so I just I wanted to say that I, I think that we I would hope that we get a very good version probably the best version of the archer Brandon Cooks being that he is desired to be in this this offensive game plan and what they're trying to do moving forward I think that's important for him yeah it'll be interesting to see how this offense shapes up <laughs> that was my uh, archer we've got to go ahead and take our first break here on girls talk boys talk but I want to kind of get into the defense when we come back and we'll talk about a quiet addition to the offensive line that I don't think really has gotten a lot of conversation about it. We'll talk about that on the other side of the break here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. 
Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Haley Sutton, Jess Navarez, Aisha Morrison, talking a little Cowboys free agency today. But first, let's hear what Jess has to say. Register now for the 2023 Dallas Cowboys Youth Camps, presented by Invisalign. Athletes ages 6 to 16 are invited to learn from the best this summer at AT&T Stadium or Ford Center at the Star in Frisco. Football camps are led by former NFL players, and cheer camps are taught by current Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. Save $25 when you sign up for camp by May 12th. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash camps for more info. Thank you so much, Jess. So <laughs> I was going to say Jessica, but then oh, I God. realized that no. you hated Jessica, I, so uh, then I was like, Jess. Yeah. You don't yes. like being called your name. No, no, it's, here's the thing. It's too long, <laughs> first of all. It's too long because I have a pretty long last name. So Jessica Navarez, that's just, that's just a lot. And then my mom, when I was little. It's only little, one syllable more than me. It's too much. Aisha Morrison. Damn, to me, it's just <laughs> baby. It's just too much. And not only that, when I was younger, my mom would like my family for the most part calls me Jesse. But like when they're mad at me, they're like, "Okay, Jessica." Oh, so it's yeah. just one of those things that I feel like people say when they're mad at me. So I'm like, "What did I do?" Oh, like, sorry. Oh, no. no, it's okay. Yeah, my fam- my whole family calls me Jesse back home. Isn't that I weird? I wasn't prepared for Jesse. Really? You ain't told me Jesse. Yeah, I mean, there's more embarrassing <laughs> nicknames that go along with Jesse. If you just start rhyming, that's pretty much what my family calls I me. I literally. I really wish I could but. have taken a screenshot of this <laughs> interaction just now because the way you were so upset. I just about felt a Jessie. little betrayed that Why? like I didn't know that your that your nickname was Jesse. Yeah, like. my whole family back home, even like my best friend, her family still calls me Jesse from when we were little. No. So it's just like a back home that's my family. I like to know everybody aliases. Oh, Jesse's in the ear. So oh yeah, no, y'all, y'all don't y'all y'all can stick to Jess. We're, okay. we're good without saying Perfect. Jesse. All we're right. Good. <laughs> I wasn't prepared. Because then you started with like the Jesse's girl thing, and okay. like everybody right. sings that. Gonna... It's just too much. Is Let's that a pivot. song? Yes. Yeah. But we're not going to talk about it. Instead, nope. we're going to talk about the Cowboys' offensive line. Love and that more. How it's shaping up a little bit. Uh, so obviously, with the departure of Connor McGovern to the Bills a couple of weeks ago, it left that guard spot open. We've talked about Tyron Smith as well, kind of being a swing. I don't think he's really going to be that swing tackle, so that's going to be a question mark as well. But the good news is. 
Cowboys just signed a guy who can play guard or tackle. What he gonna be then? We'll see. Ooh, That's what we gonna see. That's why I'm saying, yeah. like, if Tyra's not going to be a swing, he's going to be, because that's the thing. Oh, sorry, go ahead. You, yeah, yeah, we'll, get, introduce, into that in, introduce we'll Chuma. get to that in a minute, but let's talk a little bit about Chuma Idoga, <laughs> a guy that the Cowboys, like I said, just very quietly signed yesterday. He was drafted by the Jets uh, way back in 2019. He has since spent some time. I thought it was a little bit further back, Wait. but <laughs> anyway. <laughs> It doesn't matter. Be a little rusty, my bad. Here's, here's something, though, Still that I morning. found interesting about this, and it has nothing to do with his playability. But uh, in that same draft, uh, Connor McGovern was taken two spots before Chuma in the third round. So it's kind of interesting how things come full circle. But he hasn't played a ton. Uh, 26 career games, 13 starts. He only had one last year with the Falcons. He did have a season-ending knee injury last year, though. That is a little bit concerning because we just talked about that. He has played mostly tackle, but again, he's a guy who you can rotate around. That was kind of the name of the game last year with the offensive line towards the end of the season. Uh, but I really think this provides that offensive line the opportunity to be flexible going into the start of the season rather than towards the back half of the season because now you have an opportunity to kind of plug and chug guys and, and mix them around. To your point, figure out where Tyron Smith is going to fit best versus where Chuma's going to slide in, you know, how are we going to mix some of the other guys onto the offensive line. So I think this is quietly a very good signing for this team. Yeah, and it's it's like you talked about. It's it's a depth piece. It's a guy that has some experience. Um, I looked at him. He's, he's pretty good in the run game. Like um, me and my, my homie Matt Owen did some study on him and looking at him in the run game and how he works and stuff. And I, I think also, too, he's another guy that the Cowboys were looking at last year that they ended up circling back to. So, um, yeah, when you talk about depth and going into – especially going into the draft – kind of trying to shore yeah. up some of these positions I would assume he is a left side player but there are just so many questions for me right now currently about is Tyron going to be the starter there are they going to slide Tyler to guard what's going to happen there and I think that Chuma is kind of plays into that and we'll start to see more of what their vision is for this offensive line, predominantly on that left side with him coming in. And you also can't have enough versatility. We learned that last season is you can't have enough guys, you can't have enough versatility. And the fact that we're even having this debate, left or right, which side is he going to be on? I think that's already a really good sign that he's going to fit very well and cohesively on this offensive line. I also think um, where he is is going to heavily depend on maybe the Jason Peters free agency signing, seeing if if they can shore him back up uh, on this team. Because if that's the case, you have your swing with Jason Peters like you did last season. We know Jason Peters isn't necessarily like a, a full snap, full game kind of guy unless you need him to be. He's going to find a way to do it. It's just the question mark if Jason Peters is going to not only maybe stay in Dallas, but, I mean, is he going to call it a career? We don't know. We don't know yet. There's a lot of question marks around that. But I think another name that just entered the chat that makes things very interesting is Isaac Alacon. I think that is going to be very interesting to see him. Um, or he went defense, so I guess not so much anymore. But, um, again, versatility. You're talking about a guy that can go from an offensive line to a defensive line? Hello. Beautiful. I mean, I love this. But um, I think it depends um, on really what you're going to see more so with Jason Peters and then that right tackle position with Tyron Smith. I mean, we don't know that the future of that, I guess, position considering the background that Tyron has with uh, health. Yeah, here's, here's, here's my thoughts. I thought that 
Jason played fine in the Texans game, and I think because that was an opportunity for him to help them figure it out because respectfully like Matt Ball just wasn't it right like that Josh Ball, oh, Josh Josh Ball. Ball. yes Josh Ball right. sorry I got Matt, him well, and well let's go, go and yeah. right yep. Yep. Um, but Josh Ball just wasn't the answer in that game I don't know if he's the answer going forward he's obviously still on the roster but I I don't know that Jason Peters value here is going to be the same this season as it was last year just because number one you saw how long it took him to get ramped up into playing games right mm -hmm. like it took him six weeks was the Eagles game his first game mm -hmm. so it took yeah. him six weeks to get into the lineup from there it was another three weeks of a ramp up period and where you were mixing him in you know kind of wherever he saw fit as a as a sub and then down the stretch between injuries and just not playing well and then you had another guy in Tyron Smith who was still kind of banged up and they were trying to figure out you know who was going to be in that position I just don't know for the value of what you got from him last year, we, we clap, we give him flowers, but sometimes these guys are really just plug and chug for one season. Yeah. And I think when you see the signing that was Chuma, to me, that's kind of where I see Jason Peters' role kind of evaporate. Because yeah. now, sure. like, that's what I was doing while y'all were talking. Point. I basically just wrote out the, the offensive it. line of what you could potentially see, right? And obviously, can we talk about how good your penmanship this, uh, is, too? This is, like, you know, kind of interchangeable, right? But then you yeah. have all this depth over here as well. I just don't know. I don't know where Jason Peters fits. I yeah. really don't. And to your point, I also still am confused where Tyron Smith plays because we loved mm -hmm. how Tyler played this past season. So do you want to take him away from that, you know, guard position and move him back over – or move him from the tackle position back over to guard? Do you have him learn that all over again? So uh, it, it's definitely – it's definitely – that to me, the Tuma signing kind of solidified that we like nail probably the coffin kind won't of see Jason Peters yeah, come back. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I definitely think That's that fair. he's he's that left side player that they want to have in there just just in case something happens with either of those guys for right now, and it makes sense. And also too, I mean, like we talked about, Tuma's not some old dude. Like mm -hmm. he's not some so he's a young guy, so he has the ability to come in here and get some coaching, get better, maybe get with a Duke Manny Weather while he's here, like all these other guys do in this mm -hmm. offensive line room, and then prove his play and see if he is somebody like again if he was on their radar last year it says something so maybe they want to get him in here and get with these coaches and see what he's capable of moving forward even just being a formidable swing or backup because we've talked about offensive line good offensive line it's hard to come by yeah. in this league right now yeah. so it's needed yeah yeah to get He's, your run game going like you're wanting it all trickles back down and you, you mentioned matt owen and his tweet that he put out shout out to matt for this he said uh last season with the falcons uh during that one start that chuma did have he had a 77.8 pff grade 84.9 run block 62.5 pass block with one start he only allowed one pressure and no quarterback hit so that tells you you know, although he hasn't yeah, played much, he, he can plant his feet. He's going to make sure Dak stays protected. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, that's going to be a position group that I think we haven't talked a ton about just because when you think about the Cowboys O-line, you think Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, right? But you have to recognize right. that those guys are getting up there, especially Tyron. Like you, if I could have one wish for this <laughs> season, that's not get the Cowboys to the Super Bowl. It's keep Tyron Smith healthy because yep. I think that solves so many of your problems when you have him playing healthy and playing at the high level that he can play to. So that's my wish for the Cowboys this season. Um, we also have the pleasure of welcoming C.J. Goodwin back. What Again, good another win. sneaky kind of 
signing that the Cowboys got done, and it just goes back to our first block and the point of, you know, the, this front office is serious. I think they recognized over the last two years what they've built. And now it feels like between, you know, the the free agency signings that the Joneses are working out, what Will McClay is cooking up in that draft coming up and what we saw out of him and heard from him at the Combine, now you're mixing in one of the most important and underrated parts of the game in special teams. Now, I didn't know C.J. Goodwin had been in the league for as long as he had. I mean, I knew, he, I knew he'd been here for a while, it's but he's been crazy. in the league for eight years. I mean, he's two years out of being a, a decade player, and that is something that you don't typically – think about a ton but when you talk about an impact player a consistency guy uh i think that that was a signing as well kind of like dono where like yep. you needed to get that done yeah, yeah vocal leader on special teams i i really appreciate i know that he's i know he understands what's going on because he ha, he will teach us in the locker room he's mm -hmm. if he will if you ask him a question he will yep. tell you some of the nuances of special teams and there's just so many things that goes on on that side of the ball you gotta be a little crazy to play special to be a full-time special team or you gotta be a little nuts so i appreciate what he brings to the team but also too it allows bones to retain one of his guys i, I he could be losing some of his yeah. special teams. He did. He lost uh, Luke Gifford. Noah um, Brown. Noah Brown, who's a guy who's on special teams very often. So uh, to retain him and to have him in this locker room to kind of keep the standard of what they expect on that ball, I think on that side of the ball was important. And we know how much special teams can have an impact on games, right? It's very underappreciated how much special teams can make a domino effect for this game and outcomes of games. And so what I really appreciate about C.J. Goodwin and this signing is it guarantees that, you know, Bones does get more time with these guys to be able to guarantee that you're, you know, when the offense is getting ready to go on, you have that good field position and ready to shore up your offense. Now you have some shiny new players uh, on the offensive side of the, the ball and, um, you know, you get that run game going, but you're not putting Dak in a position where he has to throw those giant bombs across. And it's beautiful when it works out, but you're taking less pressure essentially off of your quarterback by getting him in a good position by using and utilizing the veterans like C.J. Goodwin on special teams. Yep, it's an extension of the offense, special teams. We love special teams. And, and it matters. It, it, yeah, it can change the game. Yeah, I agree. I think, like I game. said, it's quietly one of the most important parts of the game, and I think that this is an organization that really puts a lot of emphasis on that as well. I was trying to scroll through and see, because there's been so much movement, uh, and one of the things that we haven't even touched on that we should have, obviously. Uh, Dalton Schultz no longer with us in, in Dallas. I, that didn't come out right. Dalton Schultz is no longer a cowboy is what I meant. He uh, oh, made the no. trip down the road uh, to the Houston Texans. Uh, but we kind of saw it coming. Yeah. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. I think with Dalton, too, like, respectfully, I mean this in the most respectful way possible, like, he got so too big for his boots when he was going through the franchise tag negotiations. I knew that he had been offered a ton of money, but I didn't realize that they had offered him like a three-year, $36 million deal. Yeah, which is nuts, because even looking at the market for tight end right now, he might have been overpaid at that point. Yeah, they decided not might. He, he would have been yeah. overpaid if they would have paid him that. Yeah, And I, then you're looking at cap space even this season. You've seen you know multiple guys at this point restructuring contracts could have been a cap casualty to have you know looking back in hindsight it could have been a cap casualty to have been paying him as much money as that deal was last season to come yep. into this season you might not have been able to see those splash gilmore signings like yeah. gilmore yep, and right. cooks yeah. and you might not have seen all of that so things happen for a reason and 
it is what it is for Schultz. We wish him the best. We wish him the best. Do you? <laughs> Have fun. We do. Yes. Uh, but here's here's where this gets tricky, though, because as, as greedy as Dalton was, I think to a degree he felt like he deserved it, and obviously that was reflected in the quarterback, right? Dak Prescott loved throwing to Dalton. He was kind of his go-to guy. The problem with Dalton is that we've talked about his yak ability is like yep. – where where at yeah so uh so that's obviously leaving the the path open for a Jake Ferguson to kind of step in and be that tight end that we want Dalton to be he wasn't really that he was more of all reliable I think but yeah. I think when you get a Jake Ferguson in there and a Peyton Hendershot like those guys have proven to be uh ballers so and I think to be fair though looking back at his 2021 season he was balling he really was and he was that guy for that season because uh Blake Jarwin was out at that point he had to be that guy so he did step up the 2021 season he had 808 total yards uh let's see for 78 receptions and he was targeted 104 times the most in his career at that point um played all 17 games and then you look at the 2022 season that significantly drops you you went from 808 yards to 577 still a good amount of yardage targeted 89 times but enters the chat jake ferguson and pender peyton hendershot because you know not to say he wasn't utilized i think dalton schultz was utilized in the offense but you also saw the ability that these younger guys have for that yak ability. You saw Jake Ferguson plowing through people, and you know, I hmm. man, I, I think I miss uh, Jake. He's, I, so, he's such a presence yeah, in this yeah. building. I just think Dalton should have taken his deal when he had the chance, but good luck in uh, Houston. Yeah, yeah, he developed into a he developed into a a more than more than formidable above average tight end. Like mm-hmm. he can play the game at a high level, but unfortunately, the position is changing. Mm-hmm. The value of the position is changing. And with this upcoming draft, we've been talking about, I'm sure we're going to talk about it in the next hour on the draft show, it's just how many tight ends that are good in this draft. And so it really hurt him. Like, he can't see the future. He couldn't see that these tight ends, these young tight ends coming out were going to be this good. But when you look across the the draft, you're like, yeah. <laughs> what I'm going to pay somebody? What, what am I going to pay somebody top dollar for? For yeah. what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll. Uh, you have to remember, too, he was hurt uh, for yes. the first half of Absolutely. the season, too. I think he missed, what, three games? Two back-to-back yeah. and then mm-hmm. came back and then missed another. Yep. So uh, we wish him well, but the new wave is on. It's all about Peyton and Jake. Kenny and Ferg. Kenny and Ferg, baby. Yep. All right, we're going to take our final break here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. When we come back, I want to talk about some of these guys who are still – uh, free agents with the Cowboys organization right now. Do they need to come back? Are they? Are we good to say goodbye? Uh, and then maybe we'll get into a little bit of roster talk if we have some time. Our s- ideal starting lineup. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. 
No, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. <sighs> know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. It's Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar. You no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups. So you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. Our final few minutes here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw. Let's go over to Jess. All right. Well, get your spring shopping in during Market at the Star, presented by Flea Style. Come to the Star in Frisco on Saturday, April 1st, and browse from over 50 local vendors from fashion to home goods, jewelry, and more. Visit thestardistrict.com slash events for even more information on that. Sorry, y'all. I'm just a little rattled because this man on Twitter, uh, <laughs> y'all know, y'all know, Hilarious. but also like, I feel like Cowboys Nation by now, I've been here for almost a year and I feel like Cowboys Nation knows like how important like fashion and looking yep. nice is to me. Uh, Ricky Fontaine. <laughs> Ricky Fontaine. I don't him. appreciate him roasting my nail situation on Twitter. Um, I'm down bad at the minute. I'm going on vacation next week, so I'm waiting until the last minute uh, to get the setup fixed. It will be addressed <laughs> next time I see y'all. Now he said you had a contusion. <laughs> just, just for reference, we're talking. Haley posted this picture. I don't know if you can pull it up, Jess. Uh, Haley posted this picture of us on Twitter, and you see the Band-Aid on her nail there. And Ricky tweeted, Haley Sutton listed as probable finger contusion. Sources say has practice all week. And I want to know play. who Ricky's, who's Ricky's sources are because he has great sources. You're playing. It's fine. You're playing. You're in. It's okay. I'm about to go on IR. <laughs> no, okay, let's get back. Nail contusion. Let's go. Right. Okay. Let's sorry. Let's get back on track here. I just had to uh, let y'all know that I'm um, I'm down at the minute, but you can't stay down, and that's what's important. We'll be up Ooh. next week. Love that. Uh, let's get into kind of who's left on this free agent list for the Dallas Cowboys. All of these guys I am about to list are unrestricted free agents. And I want you, Aisha and Jess, to let me know who you think is important for this organization to keep on the roster, given what they have already done in free agency. Because I know we've talked about this before, but now obviously the roster's changed, situation's changed. So I'm going to list these guys. You guys let me know who you want to see back in a Cowboys uniform. Starting at the top, we've got linebacker Anthony Barr, cornerback Anthony Brown, tackle Jonathan Hankins, wide receiver T.Y. Hilton, kicker Brett Maher, long snapper Matt Overton, and tackle Carlos Watkins. I'm going to start with you, Aisha. Give me at least one name on this list that you think, in order for the Cowboys to win a Super Bowl, they need to come back. Hankins. 
Hankins. We did our sales pitch mm-hmm. before the season, and that was my sales pitch. It wasn't even nothing fancy. It was just like, Jerry, you've seen the numbers. Like, like, <laughs> stop playing. Like, <laughs> y'all traded for him for a reason. And you saw the improvement in his play. He helps out the linebackers. He helps out the DNs. This is a defensive line that wants to get to the quarterback. He can eat up double teams. Bring his tail back here so we can talk to him in the locker room because he's my guy. <laughs> But he can play the game at a high level, and I just he you saw the difference in the run defense when he was there. Cowboys have not invested at the nose tackle position in a while at a serious level, and so yeah, I think he would also make it easier for them to go draft. So that is my guy, yes. Jonathan. Hey, man, Hankins. I feel like I'm, I'm going to give the unpopular <laughs> opinion here because I'm not going to go the obvious route of Jonathan Hankins. Are you, um, you going to say Brett Maher? <sighs> No, I'm please not. don't. I'm not. No, I'm not. Oh, um, she but this about is. <clears throat> I did. You said his name, and I was like, oh, I'm not going to write his name down. I'll put my pen down. Um, no, seriously though, the Cowboys do need to find a kicker to fill that situation. Uh, anyways, I'm going to go, and this is debate. Well, this is a debate fueled for Cowboys Nation because it is cornerback Anthony Brown. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I I feel like he is so underappreciated for what he brings in that position. And Cowboys fans, just in, I'm not even going to single out Cowboys Nation. I'm going to say in general, I think the cornerback position is such a rare position that fans don't understand the nuances of how difficult of a position that is. You're basically playing receiver on the defensive side. So, you know, Trayvon gets a lot of flack for, you know, oh, he's so burned all the time. No, it's just how the position goes sometimes. But here's the thing. I want to bring Anthony Brown back because I... I don't think he was done. I think you were starting to see the peak of what Anthony Brown is able to do. And then, again, we cannot have enough versatility or depth on that kind of position. We saw what happened last season. And, you know, I don't I don't really want to go back to that. I don't want to experience that again. I think Anthony Brown deserves his flowers. He's a veteran in that position. So if you can have more veteran leadership, veteran experience in a cornerback position, why would you not want that? I'm not, you know, I'm not saying he's our end-all, be-all cornerback. But you need versatility. You need depth in that position. I'm bringing Anthony Brown back if I have the choice. I think if it's me and I'm looking at this list and I'm scrolling through, I think Anthony's super important. I think Hankins is obviously the number one thing on this list to get done, in my opinion. But I also think that it would be sneaky good to re-sign Matt Overton to another one-year deal. Because you need Uh, a long snapper. You need a long snapper. (laughs) Jake McQuaid now with the uh, Lions. So you need a long snapper. So at the very least, you know that this is a guy who has chemistry with your punter uh, in Brian Anger. We don't know if Brett comes back. We feel pretty certain that he's not. So, But, you know, anything could happen. He could get re-signed in uh, training camp as well. Um, So... Yeah, I think the priority there is Hankins. I think Anthony Brown, for me, is such a question mark. And very similar to the Chuma signing with us adding Gilmore. It's more for reassurance. Yeah, reassurance for sure. But I just think as well, thinking about the draft, too. Mm -hmm. Like, I just, it's a question mark for me. But I agree. I don't disagree with anything you said. Um, The last thing I want to talk about, and I'm going to go to Aisha for this, because you've been pretty vocal on Twitter about it. Carlos Watkins is still unsigned Mm. Uh, and I kind of want you just to explain the impact that he had because I don't think a lot of people recognize what he brought to the table Mm. um, and why you think that he was such a valuable part of that defense last year well number one and and if we're going to just be very frank about it let's just be very frank about it uh Clinton Bohanna Neville Gallimore those gentlemen um 
I know that Clint Bohanna did, dealt with some some injuries last year. And if you hadn't brought Carlos Watkins back, I don't know what that would have looked like. Um, he and um, he and Hankins to me were your best middle of the defense defenders as far as DT. And uh, he also just talked about being humbled by being, you know, released before and being brought back. And I felt like he played with a chip on his shoulder, but he also is a guy that we talk about. He has experience within this system and knowing what DQ wants from them, what uh, Coach Dirty wants from them. And so I felt like he was just such an intricate of the intricate part of that run defense getting better because he just knew his role and he knew what to do. And you need key role players. He was a key role player and he played a big part in why the Cowboys run defense began to uptick as the season went on with Quentin Bohanna and Neville Gallimore having some issues, you know, really staying on the field and being productive. So I just wholeheartedly feel like granted he did deal with the was it the was it a calf? Yeah. In the in the 49ers game, yeah. early so. in the 49ers game, mm-hmm. he, he dealt with an injury. Maybe that has something to do with why they haven't signed him yet. I do feel like he is a guy that they do have a rapport with, that maybe there's not like a huge rush there, but maybe there is some understanding. But he is a gentleman I would love to bring back um, for for this defense to continue to build upon. Yes. Real quickly, too, I'm just looking at some of his stats. He played 12 games in the 2022 season, and he had 26 combined total tackles, two of which were tackles for loss. That equals out to his 2020 season, well, almost equals out to his 2022 season. His best season, which was in Houston, he played 16 games and and had 27 tackles uh, during that time, four tackles for loss. So you're not too far off as a drop-off from your best season with only playing 12 games this last season. So, again, Dan Quinn effect, making these guys the best players they can be a lot of excitement for this Cowboys roster going into the 2023 season as we know though it's only Wednesday and (laughs) these Cowboys made deals at 8 a.m. on Sunday morning so we will continue to monitor free agency that'll do it for this edition of Girls Talk Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw for Aisha for Jess I'm Haley and we'll see you next week Bye. bye This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!